You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we will be discussing raising teenagers in blended families. I'm your host, Ashley Parrish. I'm joined by my co-host, Jessica Pfeiffer. Hi. And Dr. Ken Wilgus. Okay, I have to be honest. I'm mm-hmm. glad I'm glad we're back recording this because my grandchildren are here. And <laughs> don't tell anyone. I love my grandchildren, but I don't like little kids. Is that what? hard? I, I know. What? I mean, I know. I love them. <laughs> at this stage, you know, it's so weird. I'm not good at this. They just kind of scare me and wear me out. And I'm like, hurry up and be a teenager and roll your eyes at me so I can really, <laughs> that weird? That's weird. That's why I you specialize people, in teenagers. I think that's right. right. I think that's right. That's right. Most anyway. people would trade you. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about teenagers, please. Teenagers. Okay. So we did discuss parenting after divorce in episode number 26. And I think we got a long way on some issues, but there are some issues specific to blended families that we didn't get to cover. And I think those are important to discuss. And I think a lot of blended families have some unique struggles that they'd like some answers to. So I can imagine that if I was going, if I had done a lot of solo parenting for some years, I would be thrilled with the idea of having a companion to help me do this. Another, another person in the house, a spouse that would, not only love me, but love my kids and be able to help me co-parent. And I would be relieved to pass off some of my parenting responsibilities. Right. Um, and you would be excited about this. But I know that in a lot of cases, the teens in the house are not super excited about this whole situation. <laughs> <Yeah>, no kidding. <laughs> so, so just, you know, we're engaged. Now, what do we do? Kind of let's start there. Let's start with um, we've announced to the kids that we're getting married. What do we do when they're not excited about this? And a really good example of what we talk about all the time in the podcast that you really need to think about how to deal with your kid based in part on what stage of life are they in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're getting remarried and especially you've been single for a while and and you're really in love and you've got these cute little kids that's a whole kind of pretty thing. Photographers, I'm sure, love that because, you know, you've got this couple that are still relatively, you know, young looking. They're not like old and they've got cute kids that can be a part of the ceremony, maybe. And and we, and we really make effort to make sure they know that you're a part of our new family and all this stuff. Well, mm-hmm. that is not the way it is with teenagers. And you really need to take that into account. I mean, obviously parents know that, but it surprises me how often parents will make plans for this new family, almost as if, you know, this is a kid that needs to be reassured the same stuff they would need to be told at eight. You're a part of us. We're a family. This is a, okay, that's not wrong, but a 15-year-old, remember, is watching her watch with, yeah, but it's not that long and I'll be my own family. And this isn't, you know, I'm preparing to do my own family, so I don't need as much reassurance about how much you're still a part of us as a little kid does. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that is different. That is, you really need to, obviously, if you've been doing this right with planned emancipation, the things that you can do to 
increase your communication skill, this is when you're going to need it. You really need to be able to talk to your teenager about this upcoming uh, marriage. So there's several things we could get into. One of them that I'll just cover quickly. Uh, what if my teenager doesn't want me to marry this person? Um, is that uh, I wanted to make sure that we were all happy with this person? I don't know that everyone's going to agree with me, but I don't think your teenager gets a blackball vote. Like absolutely no. I think it depends a great deal on if the if a teenager is objecting to this new person. I think it's really important to really find out why. And um, there are. Uh, some issues that, you know, if they really are struggling with this, that that's a good use of counseling to kind of help make sure that we really talked about things. You know, you can have objections even as a teenager that you're not really sure how to put words to it. So you really want to be pretty open about, hey, I, I can tell uh, you don't like this uh, woman that I'm, you know, really engaged to. So, no, it's fine. No, dude, really, let's 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 find a way to talk this through. But even in then, I don't know that that means that you never marry if the teenager doesn't uh, love this person. Uh, but there's definitely things you can do to make sure afterward that it goes better in that kind of relationship. So when you start this new family, just remember uh, these are teenagers and you really need to take their perspective. They need to be heard. Uh, they need to uh, kind of have the right amount of participation that they want uh, recognizing that it's not gonna, it shouldn't hurt your feelings if they're not ecstatic that you found uh, this new woman or this new husband, um, because um, they are naturally still in your family, uh, still part of the ex's family. If you know that's still part of them, um, but uh, they are there's a part of them now that's preparing for their own family, and that's good. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So it's different. You know what I mean with teenagers. Okay, so Dr. Kim, let's say the marriage has already taken place. Now okay. you're married to their step-parent. How much responsibility does that step-parent now have in parenting those teenagers? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it, there's a general kind of way to think about this with children, and then you can adjust it a little bit with teenagers. So um, you really want to be aware of kind of the way you were before you got married the way, you know, if I'm a, a dad and I've just gotten married, how we did things at my house before this woman came in and how we're going to do things after. And big changes are tough for children and they're particularly difficult for teenagers if you don't talk about them. So you really uh, want to be careful about the role this new step parent plays, especially early on. There's a kind of general formula that I think it applies, and that is uh, a step parent doesn't discipline a child out of their own authority for at least, uh, basically, you take the age that the child was when you got married, cut it in half, and you have to wait at least that many years until uh, you actually uh, essentially can discipline out of your own authority. So if I'm, you know, if I marry their mother and uh, the child is seven, then it's really going to be almost 11 before I'm disciplining uh, in my own uh, relationship. Uh, the reason I keep saying that is that the step parent can absolutely be involved in the discipline, but mm -hmm. it really needs to be under the authority of their natural parent. There's a big difference between a new stepdad going, you know, I don't like you jumping on the bed. You need to get up well for a teenager. It's like, you know, I think that you're on your phone all the time, you need to put it away, versus saying, dude, I, your mom told me that you're not allowed to do that. 
so I, I think you're going to have to put that away. That's a very big difference that mm-hmm. I am speaking. Basically, think about this teenager going, who are you to tell me this? Okay. Uh, well, the right answer is uh, I'm your uh, dad's new wife or I'm your mom's new husband. And that's a real thing. But then the natural parent needs to step up and do the disciplining. So mm-hmm. you, know, you, you want to have a cautious but increasing role in that. Uh, okay. And especially with teenagers, hopefully that increasing role is accompanied by better communication, a closer relationship, uh, and by being careful at first. A lot of times, for example, if you're going to get married and, this, and they already have a teenage kid, then you may never, as the step parent, actually do direct um, disciplining. You'll be the the guy that's always going, yeah, your mom told me you can't do that. So um, that that you want to be careful that you don't. With teenagers, as you know, control battles is a huge deal. And you, mm-hmm. as a step parent, you do not want to get mixed up in an unnecessary control battle because your relationship with them uh, is, is more important in being able to have influence. That's good. And it makes logical sense that you're really establishing trust there and a relationship there and communication there with that teenager before you start to be the heavy hand right. <laughs> and make okay. some discipline choices. You know where that's a hard thing? is and this is most often dads when you step in and the their natural parent is weak in discipline for example a lot of dad new dads are like you know she's getting run over by these kids mm-hmm. and and he feels mm-hmm. a kind of protectiveness husbands should feel protective but if the person that's being disrespectful uh, is to your wife happens to be her son well that's that's tricky business so right. what's really a mistake is for teenagers to see now you're married and this new guy is like changing our life. We used to be able to this and that, and now it's all changed. And that definitely happens with new moms as well. Like, get up, we're going to church. Church? What do you mean church? We don't go. Yes, we do. We love God. And we're like, you have to talk to them about how things are going to be different and be, uh, number one, pretty open about the changes that you're going to make. But number two, Uh, Be pretty cautious as a couple about are we going to make all these changes uh, in your uh, basically with the arrival of this new person uh, because they're going to know it came from this new step parent and they don't and it's going to make them like that new step parent less. Mm -hmm. So that's tricky business. And I can't sort of mathematically give you the answer, the way to do that, except for a a good parenting consult with a therapist could be helpful uh, Mm -hmm. to really think about how to communicate honestly, uh, the things that are going to change and the, the, the natural parent of this kid, um, is the one that does all the talking, even if it's pretty obvious that it's stepmom that's actually doing this, uh, you need to be the spokesperson, uh, much more than this new step parent. Cause they can't jump over that, uh, and just pretend like, yeah, I've only known you for a year, but now I'm going to change your whole life. Just can't, can't accept that as a teenager. So when two people get together and they're marrying and they each have maybe one or two teens of their own, do they set the same rules for the household once they marry for all of the stepkids or does each parent set their own rules for their own kids? Yeah. Okay. That's really important because number one, the answer is it should be the same for all the kids. In reality, that is almost never Uh, easy and sometimes not completely possible. So it will, the start though, you need to know is that you really want to try to have the same expectations 
for all of the teenagers in the house um, if it's not yours uh, or it is yours. Uh, that will start really about how well you communicate as a couple. You know, we don't have time to talk about it, but when you do start a blended family, as everyone knows, that is a tough time to get started in your marriage because it was tough enough and I didn't have any kids in the house mm -hmm. um, because, you know, my wife was saying wrong things and I had to explain to her how wrong she was. <laughs> that's how she puts it. I don't think that was true, but it's probably more true than I want to admit. But then you've got, you know, uh, kids and mm -hmm. and the real sense of uh, lo concern about loyalty, like does this guy I married love me or his daughter more than me, those things. So mm -hmm. it's it's a major test of communication in your marriage that you really need to be able to talk through and work through ways to compromise about things that were important to both of you before you got together in ways to find uh, ways to put this together as one set of expectations. One thing that will help with that is the freedoms list. If you're dealing with teenagers, this expectations is actually easier to put together because you should be letting go of things. So for example, you know, well, we didn't let our daughter listen to anything but Christian music. Well, we let them listen to whatever, but not with explicit lyrics. Oh, wait, they're teenagers. We're not going to be setting a limit on that at all now. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like with when mm -hmm. letting it uh, go to their freedom, then that'll actually work you out of a job and that's good. But for the things that are left, it is similar to what we talked about uh, with divorce. If your household has different standards than the ex's household, then you need to find a way to put those as close together as you can, which is really hard with your ex. Uh, but with the person you're married to, uh, you add that extra element to it as well, where you try to get these expectations fairly similar for all the stepkids. You do not want to be having one set of kids because – uh, their mom is more strict and the dad is looser with his kids. That just shows that you've not communicated well in your marriage because you need to put those things together. Not easy. I totally get that. But it really should be on track to be pretty much the same. So, Dr. Ken, what do you do when you are married to someone, their teenage children are being mean and hurtful and just disrespectful to you? Being disrespectful to you, mm -hmm, uh, the step -parent, parent. yeah, then their, their natural parent uh, must step in and deal with that. Um, you really don't. Uh, and this happens, you know, depending upon what kind of parent you are, for example, dads can be extra touchy about what they feel is disrespectful talk that maybe their mother didn't think so. The other is pretty darn common, which is a stepmom has a lot of strong feelings about how kids should be, and she steps in, and it really angers the kids, and they, t teenagers, get pretty snarky with her, and she tries to deal with that directly herself. That's a much, much weaker position. You have to take that behind closed doors as a couple and talk to each other about where I feel like your kids are really disrespecting me, and I need you to back me on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's critical uh, that they hear that from their own parent. And with teenagers, it can include, uh, should include some listening to not just, hey, don't be rude to him or to her. Uh, you should start with, dude, what is so hard to hear when your stepdad is saying that? Or why does your stepmom bug you so much? It doesn't mean you're going to take it as gospel, but they need, you know, you need to hear what they're upset about. 
but then you also let them know, yeah, but if you talk with her like that again, um, you're going to lose your phone. Uh, I can't let you do that. Something that gets pretty specific that allows for unhappy feelings right. uh, because, you know, teenagers don't just, you forgot the rule of being nice. It, it's like <laughs> you're upset about a thing and you need to talk about it. But if need be, then absolutely you want to, you have to set limits, but that should come from their own biological parent, not the step parent. So what about when the stepchild's other parent isn't really in the picture? Either they're completely out of the picture, they've never really been a part of their life, or they see them a couple times a year and that parent's not participating in a lot of the day-to-day yeah. activities. Is that still the case that the step-parent should step back and not really be involved in these conversations too much? You know, that that's a hard one to say for sure. Um I think no matter how thin the thread is left with the uh, the other parent, no matter how uninvolved she may be or he may be, you have to remember that from a child or teenager's perspective, that is still their left and right arm. So there's still a need and an importance of that person, uh, even if you as a parent know that, you know, he doesn't even know where you go to school. What are you talking about? You have to respect that part. Uh, in in a sense. So um, I do think that leaves, however, a lot of room and I've had some great stories of where that is where a step parent can fully step in. I think a lot of us know of a woman that will say, you know, my uh, dad didn't walk me down the aisle. My stepfather walked me down the aisle because he was much more a part of my life than my father. These kind of things, which are lovely, but that usually gets there uh, by a step parent who's being particularly careful in uh, taking on a more of a disciplined role, uh, more if as they are invited by the teenager, not by pressing it in and and kind of being pushy about it. So mm-hmm. I I think that uh, uh, in answer to your question, an almost or absent other parent does leave a lot more room for your uh, the kind of nurturing and support you can be as a step parent. But I would always remember that uh, your goal is to be the very best step parent that you can be. You you don't even want to aim for uh, I'm just going to leapfrog over that little biological parent problem and now I'm your 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 new biological parent. You're not, and you don't need to be that. Uh, you because a very close and supportive step parent is a wonderful thing. Does that surprise you? No, no. I re I remember that growing up. You know, I was I came from you know a a broken home, and my dad wasn't the best, and he was absent a lot. And then one day he straightened up and <laughs> turned his life around and got married. And I adored my stepmom. And it's like you're on a game show, one of those game shows where there are multiple doors in front of you, you know? Yeah. And I always wanted to leave the door open for mine and my mother's relationship. I never wanted to close it, but it's like I just got like a new door. And That's that new door image. was my mom, my stepmother. Yes. Um, because I never wanted to close that door. And I, and I feel like that's how a lot of children in those places are when they come from this parent that is been estranged or not around or, you know, just absent for whatever reason, like that child never wants to close that door. You know, that's a great point. I can't um, explain it, Dr. Ken, I'm sure you understand it, but um, there's just something innate inside of us that you just never want to close that door. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a lo- I love the way you put that. And without even asking, I know that a big part of how your stepmom became that important to you. Uh, I, I know that, for example, she did not commonly badmouth your mom and didn't tell people that, well, I'm really her mom. That's not how right. you get there. Right. You get there by loving this child and right. uh, uh, and doing all the things that your role can offer and uh, let them basically uh, uh, allow you to fill up a huge part of that role. But I like the way you said it. Yeah, that child really cannot and really should not close the door to the other parent because that's that, that's like I say it's there's an archetypal piece of us that my biological father my biological mm-hmm. mother is like my right arm and my left arm mm-hmm. so dr. Ken is there any other piece of advice that parents of blended families need to hear that we haven't covered I think I would I would probably finish with the thing that we started with which is um, if you're a blended family with teenagers, then always, always keep in mind that whatever struggles that you have about wanting this kid to feel a part of our family, the tensions you may have with the ex's family, uh, the tensions you may have with your new spouse, always remember that with teenagers, there's the other element that they are and absolutely should be preparing to lead that family to start their own family. And that's actually should be a good thing. That that would reduce. I think it's harder and trickier when you're dealing with little kids in blended families. There's a lot more things to be careful about. But with teenagers, if you're doing it right, then some of these struggles are being offloaded into your teenager's life and leaving you a lot more room to communicate because you shouldn't be policing. Well, you're not policing much at all anyway, judging as many areas of their life. So that should be a help to you. Uh, and never, ever forget that. I just can't tell you how many families uh, that are blended uh, struggle with their 16-year-old almost exactly like they would if he was a nine-year-old. Like, no, no, no. There's much of this that you may have differences, but that's no longer about you and his mother. That's no longer about you and uh, your and his stepdad. That's really his now. You don't have to worry about that. So use the planned emancipation, use their preparing to leave as uh, kind of an important tool in relieving some of these things that I think are com- more complicated when they're little kids. Well, I tell you, step parenting is a tough job. And a lot of times step parents don't get enough credit because I think they really do want the best for these uh, kids that they have just become the step parent of. And I think they have a long road and a hard battle and they're not always given the benefit of the doubt. True. Um, so I, I admire these people who step into these roles with these kids and want to love on them and want to nurture them and want to guide them through their teen years. So I want to give them some kudos because I know that's not often enough said. I also um, just appreciate answering you guys answering these questions about um how to start a new family with teens involved, how to begin a new life, what the expectation should be for them, what the discipline should be for them, and who should be in charge of all of that. It's covered a lot of areas that we didn't get to in episode 26. So I am glad that we've had this conversation. Thank you guys, both of you. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth.
We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.